pleasure to welcome you all. I'm Yasmin Taj, Managing Editor with People Matters. Today's discussion will focus on the theme, Learning Reboot 2021, Employee Wellness, Organizational Resilience, Mental Health, Productivity and more. COVID-19 related organizational care is once again at the top of organizational priorities in India. And as the healthcare scenario evolves in the face of new and urgent needs, business teams have to reorganize themselves to lead in this crisis. Employee health and organizational readiness once again has taken center stage. From health risks, ensuring workplace safety at home, mental health and resilience, leaders need to ensure that they are leading the business, their teams and themselves in this crisis. There's also a need to ensure organizational resilience as businesses take on the current wave and also prepare for the future waves. And re-examine productivity while bolstering mental health initiatives. And I have the pleasure of inviting Kamal Datta, Managing Director, Skillsoft India. Kamal Datta in his current role is responsible for accelerating growth and driving customer success while developing strategic relationships with key partners and building newer routes to markets. A 25-year industry veteran, Kamal also held a variety of positions in areas of expertise including software development, database administration, solutions architecture and R&D engineering in companies including IBM and Wipro in India. He has extensive experience in the learning and talent fields and has successfully initiated and optimized online learning platforms and programs during his career. Hi Kamal, thank you so much for taking our time for this session today. Over to you now. Thanks Yasmin, appreciate the introduction. I just wanted to quickly um, acknowledge and we were just discussing in the introduction the fact about this global health crisis. We talked about a lot of things after the first wave, which spoke about the new normal, about hybrid workforce. We, we discussed a variety of different things in different roundtables and cohorts. It's my view now, things are not as easy as it sounded earlier. Things are not predictable. Um, things are looking more unpredictable and ambiguous at this point of time. Okay, And all of us are pretty much reading the news, we are aware. So I'll not spend time on that. What I would like to do is, Think of this in the context of people, um, HR, and LD. I try to frame, and this is not going to be perfect. We are taking the first shot of it, um, trying to see how we can reboot learning, learner engagement, and organizational transformation. But the generic idea is I can give some introductory insights and stuff like that, and some leading thoughts. So I think if you broadly look at it, I think the emerging consideration, I'm not talking about the firefighting for beds, oxygen, etc., which has happened, but in general, HR has been pretty much in the forefront and around what has been in focus has been employer wellness for most of the organizations. Um, and HR, again, leading from the front on this particular aspect. I think one is of course the health risk due to the COVID, but then there were issues around workplace safety, mental health, resilience, change in time management. There were also security risks, which perhaps in some organization your CIO would be looking at, or you might be looking at it as well, which is around fraud, went up by 400%. Cyber threats and cyber security and data breaches have significantly increased. I know many outsourced data centers uh, whose contracts were either halted or terminated due to the impact that they didn't work for uh, from a work from home 
networked model, right? Um, there were also instances of misconduct. Um, there were continued issues more globally than in India of diversity and inclusion and harassment uh, took different shapes and forms. In, in between all of this, I think the work had to continue virtually. In many cases, whether you're not in the floor or the uh, production environment, um, people focused a lot on developing better collaboration tools, improving productivity, uh, helping change some of the mindsets. Uh, and workplace was looking different after pandemic and this crisis. But the overarching theme, if I have to say, was around building resilience. How at an individual, at a team and as an organization, we can be more resilient to such impacts. And the more I speak, I think this is one area where we have to do a lot more work than we have done in the past in building resilience. So if there was one theme I had to select for today, I would be talking about building resilience. Because we've all seen that many of these things we have done in the past, um, but every core belief, everything changed with this particular um, COVID. Now, when you look at the building organizational resilience, I don't have the perfect formula, neither do I know more than you about this. So what I did was I put some thoughts around this and I reflected on my 28 areas of what built really my resilience and what do resilient organizations do better than uh, organizations which are not resilient. So that first part was easy. What do organizations do better? Resilient organizations become more customer centric. Somebody just gave an example of Asian paints getting into disinfectant for surface. Fast mover advantage, innovation, acting with speed, time to market. The gained or not gained is something which you can look back upon. But the fact that they could move and build something where they could engage and get their customer um, is an advantage. Resilient organizations therefore are innovative continuously, especially at the time of adversity. Adversity doesn't throw them off, it builds innovation, it accelerates innovation in the organization. Resilient organizations do invest in their leaders and people, even at the time of crisis. And resilient organizations have the advantage, as I said, for time to market. Now, those are some of the attributes of a resilient organization. I could go on and create a larger list, but I thought, let me stop here and see that move the discussion to saying, all this is well understood, but what I as a people leader, as an HR leader, or as a L&D professional can have a discussion with my CXO, CLOs, or whatever, on discussing how do I build such resilience? What are the core competencies, which attributes? Is it something that we are born with? Is it genetic? Can it be learned? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so I think when you look at that ability to respond to change or the customer centricity, I started thinking about who nurtured this customer centricity in me. It was the leaders, right? So one of the top influencers for resilience will be your leaders. But more than leaders, it was also the high visible individuals, the stars in the organization, those high impact individuals, 
when people see them showing customer centricity, showing innovation, creativity, when they are not affected or impacted and can manage their calm, empathetic leadership style, you know, in spite and despite of huge amount of stress, when they're persuasive and they can solve problems, when they can take quick judgment and decisiveness in face of uncertainty, those are examples where you can see how the organization starts in some way emulating these leaders and individuals. So problem solving, decision making, mindfulness, leading through change and disruption, managing stress, focus always on your customers and innovate and be creative. Those are things which we can take some learnings, understand some best practices because while everybody may have this, and this is the point that I always make, is that you need to have conscious competence. Just having that or believing that you have that is not enough. To consciously exhibit this at the time of stress is what is going to make it matter for you, for the team and for the organization. In wellness and safety, I think Mayo Clinic and Skillsoft did a lot of work to bring some level of awareness. Uh, programs which were suited for leading in this post-pandemic workplace. So we did tie up with Mayo Clinic. We bought in a host of uh, sessions which were useful for the professionals working in your company and HR. Think about, uh, we are no longer doing contract tracing, but other than that, in terms of control, disinfections, environmental setting, leader handbook, etc. Um, this was, of course, in, in response to COVID that we have done this. From the new stuff, the things I'm excited about, what we are doing, I talked about that resilience is a sum total of few of these attributes, judgment and decision, developing stress management, managing conflict. Many of those are part of the collaboration that Skillsoft and MIT soon have done in bringing those competencies uh, to the modern leaders. And the way we have built this is not really a learning module, but more a scenario-based storytelling, top throwing situations, and then doing assessment about the response of the leader to those behavioral simulations or uh, other kind of uh, simulated storytelling that you do as a part of the narrative. The other thing that we started was this leader camp because while we are all at home working uh, and we are interacting in a group of peers, it is always important to keep our eyes open and mind open to diversity and getting those diverse views from leaders across the globe in areas which are contextual, in areas which are important, was a significant new development during this particular time. So for all our customers, we started going much beyond just training, organizing these leader boot camps, leader camps, taking up certain themes and ensuring that we have not only a leading professor and accommodation or a researcher, but also a whole peer group that can work together to find the best way forward for these solutions. A um, lot of leaderships have asked me this before, many of our customers have. And I'm happy to say that 
we have launched our first leadership assessment tool to lead through the challenge of change uh, or disruption, as you may call it. Um, this is designed by an author called Dr. Jerry King. Um, those of you who don't know, he wrote a book called The Technology Fallacy, and it's about achieving a level of digital maturity and leading that change. Now, anybody can self-access, look where they are in this maturity model, and then what are the skills or competencies you want to develop as an individual to go higher up in the maturity curve. So from a learner point of view, um, I'm just transitioning from the leader to the learner. Um, if I have to think about the learner reboot for 2021, what is emerging is a more of a T-shaped employee. My recommendation always was that, look, there will be so many buzzwords always. And I come from a technology industry. Maybe I have a better understanding of all AI, ML, deep learning, machine learning, um, artificial intelligence, big data, etc. But not necessarily that each of these apply to all of them. What you want to see is that how are people improving a process which changes an outcome for your customer to improve the experience, to better grow the revenue or cut cost. And I think when you look at those kind of emulations, what the focus is, and I have seen this across, um, those focus areas have not changed. Um, instead of push-based learning, what you need is a pull-based learning. That way to enable that is by having immersive, rich media, virtual platforms, a learning experience, which is very, very immersive with great content, okay? Uh, the second area is nobody wants one hour long lectures. Um, attention span of humankind is now less than of a goldfish. That's what I'm told. Um, so micro learning, five minute bite size modules. That's what we are looking at. Um, at the same time, we are curious people. We love to learn new things to see how it can apply to current role or at the minimum help me build career transition or the next job. So curiosity-based learning needs to be supported through an informal learning platform where you can throw in what you have and let the employee learn based on curiosity. Of course, we all watch Netflix and you love those recommendations that come in. Some work, some don't. Um, I, am, I still think I'm a bit biased on whether personalized recommendations, we are at an age when this was uh, perfect or not, I think this will improve and keep improving as a technology. But again, great to have a playlist being curated while you are learning of the next topics that you can potentially look at. Just that the way Netflix works. And finally, um, I think communities and social learning and peer learning, those will remain. And how do you enable that in the platform itself? So we use a lot of technology ourselves as a company. Uh, we have used DevOps, we have become more agile. And as a result, and today our content is more modern, platform is much more feature rich, but, but we are doing this change on a weekly manner, which means every week we introduce a new feature, functionality, content, etc. We could do that because we were also, like any of your companies, transitioning into this agile, more <clears throat> and as a result, 
what we realized was not everybody has the time or the energy to keep curating what is important for certain roles and functions. So we looked at 3,000 plus customers across the globe. We look at Burning Glass um, website. We took a variety of different data and started curating journeys. Now be mindful, one journey could be 300 hours of learning, but you don't have to take it all at one time. You can create it over a path. It could be done over two to three years. <clears throat> and because we know that average learning in Indian industry from the industries you represent is not more than 10 hours in a year per learner. So even if they won't get to 300 from 10 hours today, what do you want to do is get them to 20 to 30 hours um, of learning. And some of these journeys can be shorter, 100 hours, etc. But essentially it's a roadmap, a blueprint for their roles for them to progress, not only uh, not only vertically, but horizontally as well, to adjacent roles as well. As roles become more redundant because of automation and AI, it will be imperative to look at these adjacent roles and services. This is another area which we started boot camps and has gained a lot of popularity, especially with the tech users. They love these boot camps, and especially during pandemic, these boot camps was a great way of effectively collaborating with global peers and doing a particular project or learning. Um, so what are the key takeaways for your discussion? One is, I think we need to keep revisualizing LMB, particularly now. So how do we enable this machine-to-man cohorts in a blend of e-learning with some virtual or hybrid uh, model is one of the things that you need to think about. The second is how more can you be embedded? How better can you be embedded in lines of business and functions? The second thing is when you have to revisualize learning, uh, think about this multidisciplinary aspect of the role, those journeys that I talked about, and those aligned to the business functions. And finally, um, you have to revisualize talent management overall. Um, looking at the organization, looking at how AI automation and technology is disrupting and will continue disrupting, and look at a framework, a matrix framework, which will give some prescriptive enforcement based assigned formal learning to develop this adjacency school matrix, which can allow people to move adjacent. So those are some of the recommendations. As I said, I don't have all the solutions, but those were some recommendations from my side. Look, at Skillsoft, my job is to ensure that we can engage with you as an organization. Of course, we have a large portfolio um, across different modules. We, we have what we call as enterprise-grade learning solutions across different competencies, different areas, etc. Our objective has been to ensure that at this particular time that we can approach this as being more digital but at the same time more human. And that's what we have seen in most of the cases. So what we have done is we have built a unique approach which is a blend of not only throwing e-learning content at you or the platform at you but to ensure that you have 
coverage for each and every role across the enterprise that your learner is engaging, is adopting to this platform, that it is integrated with one of the topmost elements or any elements that you have, whether it's SAP, Microsoft, or this, and partnering with some of the leading organizations across the globe. Um, that it has instructional design. It's not about just one lecturer coming and just speaking for 30 minutes. That it's curated for the next generation skills and competencies, along with practice and certification. So practice labs on cloud has been one of the big success as well. Likewise, some of us like to read books to learn. So books and audiobooks and book summaries has been a great way, especially during these times to learn, and especially the boot camps and leader camps I spoke about. And finally, all this is a waste if you can't realize the value and drive those KPIs, which is material to your organization and which is impactful to the leadership in making this change, making your organization more resilient and accelerating innovation. So with that, um, it's a theme of Skills Out to say that every person has the potential to be amazing. And I will end it with that. And thank you very much for your time and attention. Thank you. Thank you, Kamal. Thank you so much. It was amazing listening to your insights and there was so much to learn and ponder upon. Yes, it is indeed time to, you know, re-visualize L&D, re-visualize time management and do all of that while being more digital and more human. So thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.